Welcome to Hadar's weekly podcast on the Parsha. My name is Aviva Richman, and I'll be sharing some thoughts on Parshat Breshit. Our troubled origins, creating something from something. Where do we come from? Are our human origins pure and innocent? Or do we stem from the most unspeakable act of violence one can imagine? As Parshat Breshit traces our earliest origins, we see a conflicted picture of what lies at the core of humanity. This tension about whether humanity has pure or troubled origins parallels an age-old debate about whether God created the world from scratch or from a pre-existing mess. Giving voice to the messier, more troubled origins of humanity can actually bring us into closer relationship with God and more fully part of the divine work of creating something beautiful from a terrible mess. Bereshit has echoes of two different origin stories of humanity. The earlier genealogy, which starts in chapter 4, stems from Cain, or Cain, and ends abruptly with a cryptic story about someone named Lemech. In the next chapter, we meet a Lemech, who is the father of Noah, chapter 5. If we had only this first genealogy, we would conclude that Noah descends from Cain, and the entirety of humanity born after the flood traces our lineage back to a forefather who committed the first act of murder. Yet, the genealogy of Cain is interrupted with Adam fathering a third child, Shet, or Seth, who knows nothing from the fatal conflict between Cain and Hevel, between Cain and Abel. This blessed third son gives way to a more dominant and kinder genealogy, where Noah, and hence all of humanity, descend from him, and not from Cain. Besides the identical name of Lemech on both lists, other names are quite similar, suggesting that these are two alternate versions of the origins of humanity. A fundamental difference is embedded in these competing stories. The first account beckons us into the troubling possibility that we descend from a murderer. Discovering this tainted lineage requires us to confront the dangerous and destructive proclivities we have inherited and to fear the violence we are all capable of. Knowing that I descend from Cain makes me aware that I harbor his jealousy, his impetuousness, that I could become a murderer too. The more dominant genealogy from Shet, from Seth, shuts down these troubling implications of Cain as our forefather. Humanity as we know it stems from innocence, from the third son who was a manifestation of God's benevolence to bring repair. I can gain comfort and inspiration from origins in a progenitor who represents purging violence and making a fresh start. The tension between these two origin stories of humanity parallels the age-old debate about whether God created the world from nothing, yesh me'ayin, or ex nihilo, or from pre-existing formless matter, yesh me'yesh. A number of medieval commentaries stress the theological importance of acknowledging God's power to create the world from scratch, and vehemently push back on any indication that God merely gave form, to pre-existing, shapeless material. Yet many, especially earlier commentaries, conclude that the plain meaning of Breshit is that God created the world from a pre-existing mess, the chaos 
of the void tohu vavohu. The Midrash Breshit Rabbah certainly falls in this latter camp. It expresses shock at the opening line of the Torah, comparing God's creation from void and darkness to a king who announces that his palace is built upon sewers, trash, and refuse. To quote the Midrash, in the way of the world, if a king of flesh and blood builds a palace in the place of sewers, trash, and refuse, anyone who comes and says, this palace is built in the place of sewers, trash, and refuse, wouldn't that be considered an insult? So too, one who comes and says, this world was created from void and darkness, wouldn't that be considered an insult? Were it not written in the Torah, it would have been impossible to say. God created in the heavens and the earth from what? From, and the earth was void, etc. This midrash brings our attention to the embarrassing fact that God didn't make the world from pure origins, but from a mess so gross that its stench continues to be detectable, such that it would be insulting to remark upon it. But the text does not explain why the Torah leads this way, laying bare what an architect would usually take great pains to bury. We have much to learn from an analogy between the messy origins of the world and the messy origins of humanity. Perhaps God reveals the unlikely origins of the world's creation to teach us that it is in fact a profound miracle to build from what exists, something from something, over and above building from scratch. The Midrash teaches that God's work in creation was to face a stinking mess and build something beautiful and good, kitov. So too, the echoes of humanity's origins in Cain, in Cain, the murderer, paint a picture of human growth and civilization rooted in the most horrible act of violence, not evading our murderous origins to build from scratch with Adam's third son, Seth. We shouldn't think of creating something from something, especially from something bad, as a lesser and unideal form of creation. It is rather one meaning of what it is to be in the image of God, Salam Elohim, who loudly announces that the world comes from a dark and chaotic mess. Seeing ourselves in the image of God is not necessarily about sensing a spark of purity and perfection. It is about adapting what is into what could and should be. This creation of something from something is difficult, profound, and nothing less than miraculous. And it is also ingrained in us. Psychologist Gary Marcus describes the human brain as a kludge, a kind of ad hoc contraption that has to constantly adapt old parts to new circumstances, rather than being designed perfectly for our present needs. We make errors constantly. We forget. We mess up because we are asking our brains to do things they weren't designed to do. This mode of working with what we are given, even if it is far less than ideal, might seem like an affront to the concept of Tzalem Elohim being in God's image. But our embrace of divine creation as something from something changes that picture. The agility and determination involved in working with the subpar materials we have is like God's palace built upon sewers. Like Cain, like Cain the murderer, we mess up. And, like God, we won't be deterred from envisioning 
how we can nonetheless will beautiful things into being. The dominant genealogy of humanity from Adam's blessed third son reenvisions the origins of humanity as pure and innocent. But the echoes of our genealogy from Cain and the stench of Tohu Vavohu, the void and chaos as the origins of the world, remind us that in fact our lives are not written on a blank slate, but etched on rubbed-out parchment, as it were. The residue of past blunders lingers as part of the texture of who we are. Rather than pretend that we can purge the errors and mess we have inherited from our own experiences, from our families, from the larger social histories in which we are embedded, from disasters beyond our control, creating something from something teaches us to notice the contours of this residue, to work with it and work through it and discover a catalyst for recreation. Shabbat Shalom. I'll close with a melody by Joey Weisenberg of Hadar's Rising Song Institute, the Breshit Rikud Nigan. Shabbat Shalom.